0: This is Ronin, the Prince of Denver and professional wrestling's only true vampire. And you are listening to Wrestling With Altitude.
1: Welcome back to the Wrestling with Altitude podcast. I am your host, Mr. Forthrow, and joining me on this episode, for, I've got uh, from Scientific Wrestling, Jake Shannon. Jake, how are you doing? I'm doing awesome, Artie. I really appreciate you got getting me on here. Yes, yeah, well, thank you for coming on. So, uh, first question, my traditional question I've got for everybody here is, uh since we're a professional wrestling, uh, show mainly, but we've got a little bit different to talk about you, but I want to ask you, were you firstly, uh, introduced into the uh, wacky world of uh, professional wrestling before you've got into what you're
0: doing now? Yeah, I, uh, when I was a kid, I was never really a fan of it. I mean, I used to, I, you know, my dad took me to go see a couple of Uh, I remember seeing Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat, Uh um, in a match at McNichols arena, probably in the late eighties. Um, my, uh, my maternal grandfather was absolutely obsessed. Uh, he was a farmer up in Nebraska and that was AWA Mm territories, Vergania's promotion. And, um, uh, I remember I, this was the late 70s, probably 1977 or 78. I remember I was just a little kid. Yeah. And uh, he had a cane. And if he was watching wrestling and I was anywhere nearby, he'd hook me by the neck and drag me over and make me watch the <laughs> wrestling, um, which is ironic because I had no idea back then if, you know, I was watching AWA, which meant I was probably watching Billy Robinson, who ended up being my coach for seven years. Um, you know, 30 years later. So it was kind of ironic. But, you know, I never really was into, um, into grappling. My mom, or I mean, into uh, pro wrestling. I yeah. was always more into grappling and wrestling, uh, competitive stuff. My mom put me into like peewee wrestling uh, when I was like five. I think that was 1977 or 78. Uh, and I've been kind of fooling around in some regard with either grappling or martial arts since then
1: awesome okay so I want to ask you to just kind of continue on from there so then uh, did you uh, just follow that path throughout um, you know I don't know if elementary school they necessarily had it for you but probably in junior high high school
0: and and so on no actually so I never really you know when I was a kid never got it in the 80s yeah I never really considered wrestling a martial art back then nobody really kind of clued me in that that was the case and I never thought of it that way okay and so um for me you know I went like sixth grade or seventh grade the karate kid came out uh-huh. and man that was everything dude that's what I wanted to do and so you know I, I ended up joining uh mile high karate and I got my black belt uh by the time I was 16 not that that I mean honestly you know it's like a kind of a mcdojo black belt um but it was good and it was important for me at that age and you know I ended up Getting pretty ill, um, I grew up about ten miles downwind from Rocky Flats, and I, I don't know uh, if you have heard yeah. any of that. I'm a native, that so stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I ended up getting uh, uh, Hodgkin's disease, which is a cancer of uh, the lymph nodes, and um, that kind of took me out of commission. They had me on chemo and radiation for a couple years, and that just that was like my junior and senior year in high school, and so that kind of killed any high school wrestling or even getting into college to wrestle. Mm. Um, but when I got into, I went to, um, University of Colorado and, um, I started getting into judo and I was going to the, uh, YMCA up in, in Boulder. Um, this was probably 90, 92 or 93 and started doing judo up there. Uh, they had a great coach up there. His name is burned Bush, crazy name, but he was a German senior national champ. And, um, You know, I was really into it. I loved judo. I was like, man, this is a lot of fun. And then uh, the UFC, uh, UFC 2 was being advertised at Mammoth Gardens down in Denver. And me and one of my roommates were like, oh, man, we got to go see this. Sounds crazy. And we went and saw it. And, man, that was like an epiphany for me. And that really changed my life ever since uh, I've seen it. I've just absolutely... 94 I just kind of started studying it but I had a hard time because you know there was back in 94 there was like hardly anybody doing it we had to fly in guys like Pedro Sauer from Salt Lake or Casica Munez or um, Ricardo Miguel yeah. these other jiu-jitsu guys to come in and give us um, you know like training camps and seminars and stuff because there's nobody in the state doing it so when I graduated the University of Colorado Boulder in 95 I was Like, man, I was hell bent. That's what I was going to do was to be involved with this submission grappling stuff. So I flew out to San Francisco to go um, train with a a gentleman by the name of Carly Gracie. And I uh, worked out there for a couple of years, but it was just so expensive and I could never get booked. I mean, I was decent, but I could never get booked on anything because there was really no shows or, you know, it was difficult to get into MMA. I just didn't have any connections. Yeah. And I was dating this, I was living in San Francisco and I was dating this stripper at the time and she loved SmackDown. And I really never liked pro wrestling. The only pro wrestling I ever liked, and this is because I was a comedy nerd, was I loved uh, Andy Kaufman's documentary, I'm From Hollywood. If anybody, if if you've ever seen it, it's amazing. And then he has another one, uh, My Breakfast with Blasey, which is where he just goes into like a Denny with Freddie Blasey and they just act totally ridiculous. And it's really funny. But um, I was never into it. But anyway, so I was with this girl and she was so into it. She thought it was awesome. And this is probably 98, 99 when, you know, it's like Triple H, The Rock, Stone Cold, Mankind, you know, that Attitude Era uh, peak. Yeah, the height of the SmackDown um, introduction. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's right. And so, um, you know, I was just like, you know, man, I could do this shit. Like, I could totally do this. Like, because I, I was always when I got ill in high school and I couldn't do athletics anymore, I, I went and tried out for theater and I was very successful in the high school theater. I ended up getting all the leads in the musicals too, which was like ridiculous. And, and even when I was like, like uh, uh, a sophomore, I was getting roles that only the seniors were getting. So I always had a bit of a, a knack for, for hamming it up. So I was like, you know, I could do this. So, Mm-hmm. I ended up moving back to Colorado in like 1999. And I ended up hooking up with, uh, the CWO, the central wrestling organization, which was Dan Magnus's, um, um, wrestling group here in Colorado. And, uh, and man, it really took off for me. I ended up like going down and training, uh, thanks to Sonny Ono with, uh, Ultimate Dragon and in, in his gym, uh, the Ultima Dragon gym down in the Mexico for like a week. I, um, uh, I uh, had a tryout for WWE Tough Enough. They um, had 5,000 different applicants and they only picked 250. So that's like the top 0.5%, you know, the less like one half of 1% of the people made it. And I was one of those people that got to go out to um, uh, Madison Square Garden and try out. And and then I got picked up by the the Warped Tour in 2001, right before 9-11 that summer. They booked uh, incredibly strange wrestling out of San Francisco uh, to travel uh, with the Warp Tour, you know, because they were doing like BMX and skate and all that kind of stuff. And so they thought they'd do this crazy Lucha Libre thing. <laughs> and uh, I got booked on that, and was able to travel, and so I just had so much more traction in the pro wrestling world. Yeah. But I was always a grappler at heart, and I was always annoyed by these guys when I started working. Cause I, you know, I'm kind of a lanky guy. I'm more like a Zack Sabre jr. But back then it was difficult to get booked if you're lanky. And so I put on some weight, I got up to about 230 pounds. Uh, but I still didn't have the look. I was a, I was a good worker and I was a good grappler so I could get by. But, um, it was just, it was just a, it was an interesting time. So I just got kind of sick of these guys who's thought that, you know, they were living their gimmick, you know, like they, they just believed they were actually tough. And I'm like, well, it's, you know, we got a wrestling ring. We can go practice. I'll show you how to really wrestle. And I just tie these guys up in knots because I knew how to actually do real submission grappling for years. And uh, so I just kind of started getting burned out. After that tour uh, for the war Tour, I figured out that I didn't really like the touring life. I didn't like being on the road. I'm kind of a homebody. So I started figuring out, like, what, what could I do? And I was already in my early 30s at that time. So um, uh, I, I, I did for a moment consider trying to get into MMA, but I, I got punched in the head a couple of times. And I was like, no, nah, I'm not into the concussion thing. Yeah. So um, I just doubled down on grappling. And one thing, because I've been involved with the, I've been a lifetime member of the Cauliflower Alley for forever, mm-hmm. for, since like 2003. And I got to know a lot of the old timers that were really new, anything about the shoot. Aspect of grappling, the catch is catch can, and so through that I really kind of focused on that. To the exception of everything else, I retired and I think my last pro wrestling match had to be 2005 or 2006 um, in San Francisco, and then I just doubled down on on grappling and learning it. And I was very fortunate to be able to to mentor under Carl uh, Gotch um, for about four years. Um, not actually getting coached by him, but mentored. I mm-hmm. would speak with him often, like two or three times a week while I was running my own gym and asking him questions on how to you know, coach these guys. And then um, that kind of parlayed itself into actually being coached by Billy Robinson for about seven years. And we ended up kind of touring the world, uh, teaching catch and whatnot until he passed away. At the beginning of 2014. So Scientific Wrestling um, is my company. Anybody that's interested, they can check out all my research. I try to publish it all and make it available to anybody that's into this obscure part of pro wrestling when it was an actual competition. Uh it's scientificwrestling.com. And um uh that's really what I've been focused on. So, you know, my whole mission has kind of been to bring it back from the brink of obscurity. Mm. And that's that's why I'm doing this Shoot Pro Wrestling show, um, which is just amazing to be that, that nobody is doing this, doing legit grappling competition under the rules of professional wrestling. But, hey, I'm happy to be the first. So, yeah, I mean, other people have tried, but this is like legit, not like trying to make amateur wrestling into pro wrestling. Or any, This is straight up pro wrestling rules, like old catch catch can rules. Um, and we're even doing the first ever um, competitive pro wrestling tag team uh, matches uh, this Friday, it's going to be, it's going to be mind blowing. The guys, the boys love it in the gym. They're like, Oh my God, this is so much fun. Why hasn't anybody ever done this before? Yeah. So, so it sounded
1: like uh, throughout, even when you were doing the professional wrestling, the submission wrestling uh, mantra was just kind of like, like just peeking behind your shoulders and just kind of waiting for an opportunity to, to uh, you know, say, Hey, did you remember me?
0: Yeah. I mean, that's really what it was. I kind of, you know, I just was so, I really do love grappling. Grappling is like my thing. I I just love it. And, uh, you know, I'm pretty injured now. I've got a collapsed, uh, left carotid artery from getting choked. So I'm kind of out of the game, but, um, uh, you know, I love coaching now. I mean, I love it so much that even when I stopped wrestling, I, I stayed in it. And, um, yeah, you know, the pro wrestling is cool. I liked it. Um, it was fun because it allowed, you know, it, it's like one of the few ways somebody who can't play music is allowed to be a rock star, you know? Um, but, um, it, it, to me, I just, it was just too theatrical. I just, it was just frustrating sometimes mm-hmm. because, you know, I'd see guys getting over and I'm like, man, I know I could kick that guy's ass in a <laughs> real match. Like but he's getting over. It's like stupid. So I kind of ended up, you know, I, I dabbled for about five or six years. I did have a lot of success. Um, for just being kind of dipping my toes in pretty quick. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my, my real passion is truly the submission grappling and, and not just submission grappling, catch wrestling, which yeah. catches catch can wrestling is basically you can wrestle with submissions, but there's also pins. So it adds another layer of complexity. It may, it's a little bit more difficult because you gotta, you're, you have to be in great shape because you're constantly going, whereas judo or jujitsu, these other grappling styles, they can lay on their back, and I mean, they're still working, but it's not the same work rate as you know when you got to worry about uh, getting counted out. Right. Yeah.
1: Um. So, how did you uh, come up with the the name Scientific Wrestling? Uh, was it? Did you do some brainstorming, or did you just go this uh, this this name right here? this boom, once it came up, that's like that's what I'm trying to go for here.
0: Well, you know, when I started really trying to learn about um, Uh catch-as-catch-can wrestling, which is the foundation. I mean, it's not only the foundation of professional wrestling, it's the foundation of freestyle wrestling in the Olympics. Yeah, And there's a strong argument that it's a foundation for a lot of grappling, including even Gracie Jiu-Jitsu was heavily influenced by catch wrestling because the guy who taught the Gracies, his name was Maeda, actually was a Jiu-Jitsu guy from Japan, uh, but before he migrated to Brazil and taught the Gracies, he cut his teeth on the pro wrestling circuits, wrestling catch wrestlers and having to wrestle off his back. So a lot of his development and use an idea around this idea that the Brazilians called a guard, which is, you know, leg scissor from the bottom, um, was a response to being put on your back by a catch wrestler and having to learn how to actually maybe put on some sort of offense from that awful position. Right. Right. Um, so I I don't know I don't know if that helps
1: I'm kind of losing my train of thought <laughs> Oh no no that's that's perfectly okay uh, So what is it what did, what uh, clicked what uh, uh, clicked in you with just telling your you, you yourself that uh, this is what I th- this is what I want to do and and like you kind of mentioned I mean there's the, I think I don't know if you've ever heard the cliche about those who can't coach I mean of course yours oh. was at, yours was at a little bit of a physical necessity but still. Did it influence – you know, did the injury, of course, influence coaching and then, you know, just kind of put in effort? Here's the thing.
0: Here's the thing. Some some athletes can coach, but I'll tell you, there's some guys, and they can go win a championship, but they can't coach for shit. They're like (laughs) – they just can't – they can get their own body to do stuff, but they can't get it out of their head and into another human's body. So everybody's different, and everybody needs a coach, whether – you know, like one of my buddies uh, called me like – this is totally an exaggeration. I'm nowhere near as successful as this. But he's like, you know, like I'm like a Freddie Roach of catch wrestling because, you know, I, I was fooling around and then ended up having all these health issues that kind of pulled me out of it. But I, I think I do have a very good mind for it. Yeah. Um, you know, when I started looking into catch wrestling, it was really before there was much of an Internet. I mean, you know, there was some Internet, but I was really looking in the late 90s. Right. There,
1: yeah.
0: People were still like on AOL and stuff back then. So, um, there was no social media. So I ended up looking through, um, finding a bunch of old books like George Hackenschmidt, Frank Gotch, uh, Tom Jenkins, all these guys from kind of the golden age of catch wrestling right before the gold dust trio in the 1920s, they had published these books and it was on techniques, you know, how to put on a hammerlock or how to put on a choke or yada yada told or something. And so, um, that was like a huge inspiration for me. It kind of set me off in the right direction. Um, and, you know, you asked me the question, why scientific wrestling? And I'm now remembering you asked that um, before I got distracted with my uh, other story. But um, in those books, a lot of times they referred to catch wrestling as scientific wrestling. And I was like, man, that is a fucking cool name. Yeah, um, I agree. I'm a, I, I'm, I'm a bit of a, a philosophy of science nerd. I, I love you know, reading about the philosophy and science and stuff. And I was like, man, that is just, if there was ever a name, that's like a name that speaks to me. So I decided to kind of build my company around that brand and, uh, yeah. And so here we are. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, it's a fantastic name and it,
1: it does, the name also tells you everything you need to know about the company
0: just by the company name. This is what you are. Yeah, I mean, it really is. It, it was good. I was like, oh, shit, man. Nobody nobody has this URL. Nobody's using this, like, in a promotion. They're fucking crazy. And so I, I just, I went, I doubled down. Uh, yeah, okay. So then, um, you know, underneath, like you were uh, telling uh, to,
1: to me before we uh, got recorded here, you've got, uh, the scientific wrestling is basically a uh, an, umbe- an umbrella. It also helps... Um, promote some of the other things that uh, that that you're doing which i think is is uh fantastic uh, but before we get to that point what were some of the uh, first uh things that you wanted to do
0: with the the company uh with with scientific wrestling well you know it's funny because honestly like i was just really into wrestling like oh, i just okay. I, every anything and everything having to do with grappling i wanted to like know everything i possibly could because You know, the successes that I had when I was grappling was because I just knew shit other people didn't know. It's like if, you know, these guys who who know a little bit of Gracie Jiu Jitsu and they go wrestle with their brother, they beat the shit out of them because the brother doesn't know anything. You know, I mean, the brother could be bigger and stronger and faster. But, you know, when you got all the tricks, it doesn't matter. Like that Mm -hmm. neutralizes a lot of that. Now, when a better athlete has that same information, you're fucked. You know, they'll Mm -hmm. cut. They'll kill you. Yeah. Because they are faster, stronger and whatever. And then they have the knowledge. But for me, I always was kind of ahead of the game. And um, so I didn't even have an, any when I was when I was uh, doing pro wrestling. I was like, OK, you know what? I'm, I can I can write off a lot of the shit that I'm buying um, mm. if I incorporate a company, you know, and I was like, shit. And, and even if I don't make a profit for two or three years, I could still write it off. Um, and that's a lot of money. You know I mean? Taxes are like 40% of what you pay on, you know, uh, of your income. So I was like, okay, so I just decided to start writing stuff off. And I ended up having so many of these wrestling, these old, old wrestling books. And I knew that there was other grapplers that were kind of looking for tricks that were outside of the mainstream, uh, like I was. And I was like, well, you know what, man, why don't I treat this almost like I don't know almost like crowdfunding like why don't I and this is before crowdfunding ever existed I did a lot of this stuff kind of (laughs) before they existed and it worked out well for me you know and it there ended up kind of ended up being a thing but I was like well man why don't I just one day I had like 10 wrestling books and I sat down with a scanner and I fucking scanned every page of those fucking wrestling books and I put them in a word document formatted it to make it look like a book I went and got itself published, and that was my first book. Oh. And when that, when that, when I released that, um, it actually was pretty successful. I was really uh surprised, and off of the strength of that, I made four more big encyclopedias like that. I had you know, because I probably had 40 different wrestling books and pamphlets with illustrations and cool stuff and stories, and I knew a lot of people like Gene LaBelle and these other guys. And so I put all the books with interviews together and made this new, you know, repackaged all this stuff. Yeah. And so I was like, you know what? This is gonna be able to pay me to keep researching all this stuff
1: if I just
0: share it and charge people for it. And the other thing that I did early on that nobody else was doing was, and I'm talking 2003, man, like 2003. This is before smartphones, okay? I started filming everything. I filmed everything. And so now everybody films everything and puts it on YouTube and Instagram and yada yada. Yeah. Dude, I'm filming I'm recording my conversations with Carl Gotch. I'm filming my time with with Billy Robinson. I'm fil- like I have so much footage from that era. And you know, I was on YouTube like way early and so, you know, I was doing a lot of these things That ended up becoming like, you know, this concept of like a viral video and stuff like later. Right. And a lot of those, I just really bootstrapped my company doing those kind of things and just putting out more work and better quality work than anybody else in that field. And so as it grew, you know, I ended up kind of getting known and guys like, you know, MMA, uh, UFC heavyweight champion, uh, Josh Barnett. And, you know, these bigger name guys started kind of really – Digging what I was doing and supporting me and helping me and connecting with me with people and teaching me shit and um, So that just kind of snowballed and I would always had you know, I've been an entrepreneur for forever I've started and sold companies and I mean, you know, I have a master's degree in financial mathematics I worked in investment banking mortgage banking for a number of years for big big banks is like, you know way high up in the organization doing analytics and um, So I was like man this is my passion. I really don't give a shit about financial math. I was doing it to make money, but yeah. you know, and it was good. But I, it's not my passion. Grappling is my passion. So I wanted to make a business out of it. And So I was like the same thing. I was like, shit, I know like all these great guys like Billy Robinson and so, oh, some really legendary amateur guys like Wade Chalice, who holds the Guinness Book of World Records for the most wins yeah. uh, in wrestling ever and, and the most wins over uh, international champions, the Ginsburg world record for the wins over national champions. He's like a five, he's got, uh, he's an all American in five sports and, and he's a very good friend of mine now. And I learned from him for years. And so I was like, man, if these guys supported me on the book shit, learning from books and I could craft, why don't I start doing seminars and start like taking these guys that I know, And bringing them out and letting other people actually learning and sharing the knowledge. Because I could have just hoarded it all and not told anybody and made myself out to be some douchebag guru. But it's just not my my thing. So I was like, I just want to share all this. But I got no problem. I mean, I'm going to have to get it paid for. So they're going to help me pay for it if they're interested. And enough people were. You know, the market responded. And so I ended up building up. Um, a pretty good like seminar and training camp business out of it. Yeah. I was going to say that sounded like it was the next step. Yeah. That was the next step. And then the next step after that was, you know, a lot of people, it was the same kind of thing with pro wrestling. A lot of people would, you know, act like they were tough and, oh, they knew a thing or two now. (laughs) And so they go spout off and I got sick of it. I said, you're so fucking tough. I'm going (laughs) to restart the catch wrestling uh, tournaments. I'm going to start a tournament now. So you can step on the mat, And speak all you want or, you know, shut up. Like, that's going to be the deal. And everybody, a lot of people shut up. And a few, you know, tough, uh, courageous guys stepped on the mat. And and that started. So in 2007, I started this tournament called the King of Catch Wrestling. And it was the first uh, catch wrestling competitions in almost 100 years. Like, that were legit, not works, you know? yeah. And so uh, I did that for a while and ended up, you know, and then uh, I hooked up with Billy Robinson in 2007 as well. And then say, and in in 2007, so 2007 was kind of a big year. 2003 was the year I started it all. Did a shit ton of work. Like, honestly, like, I tell you this right now, nobody has outworked me in this space. That's why I'm where I'm at. And people can talk shit. They can you know, be a fan, whatever. I'm just telling you how I did it. I did way more than anybody else, and I did it at a high quality. And I've just put out quality content so people can learn and grow and keep this sport alive. So by 2007, um, I had started The King of Catch, and uh, Josh Barnett uh, introduced me to Billy Robinson. And I'd been dying to learn from Billy Robinson because my biggest hero, the reason why I started Scientific Wrestling in 2003 was a gentleman by the name of Kazushi Sakuraba. Uh, I don't know if you know who that is. Um, It does not ring a bell. I mean,
1: like I said, I'm more generally professional wrestling with a little influence from, but yeah,
0: not on top of mind. So Kazushi Sakuraba was a, um, he was a pro wrestler. Well, he started out as a, he's Japanese, obviously, but he started out as an amateur wrestler, moved into pro wrestling, worked, in the uwfi the old 1990s uh shoot pro wrestling you know shoot wrestling promotion but it was all work it was none of it was competitive okay but that's where he came up and that's where he learned from billy robinson well he then transitioned over to mma and he was the guy who like he defeated like five gracies in a row at mm. the height of their power like he mm. totally neutered them it was the most unbelievable thing this is a guy who had One, like fought one guy in the UFC and he's in the hall of fame. I mean, that's the kind of impact this guy, he had one fight, Mm. one guy he fought in the UFC in 1997 and he's in the hall of fame because of the impact he had on the sport. And he had this huge impact on me. I was like, holy shit. I mean, having somebody say a pro wrestler would beat a Gracie was like, what I always say is it's like, it's like being a flat earther. People look at you like you're freaking retarded. Like they're (laughs) like, my God, are you stupid? But he did it, and he did it over and over and over and over. It wasn't a fluke. Yeah. And so um, I had to. I was like, man, I need to know what this guy's doing because I was dabbling in pro wrestling. But again, I'm a pure grappler, so I'm like, my God, this is this is amazing. Yeah. So, so um, I come to find out that he learned how to do this under Billy Robinson. Billy um, Robinson was like the guy who taught him these tricks. Now, of course, he had a great amateur background, great amateur wrestling background, which helps tremendously. Right but catch wrestling is what, you know, there was a lot of amateur wrestlers that couldn't beat a Gracie. It was the catch wrestling that got him to beat it. So I was like, man, this is my deal. I got to figure it out. Anyway, fast forward, 2007, I finally got to meet with Billy and we ended up being fast friends. I think just because he was as passionate about catch wrestling as I was. And he could tell just by, you know, who I was and the sheer amount of work I've done and everything else. And so, uh, Anyway, we ended up for seven years working together and I was his right hand man. I ghost wrote his autobiography. I traveled with him. He was crippled up so he couldn't coach. So he basically coached through me, Mm -hmm. which was an unbelievable experience. Uh, I learned like, it was like getting a PhD in grappling from like Stephen Hawking. You know what I mean? Like this guy is like, like Tesla, like just a genius. So, um, uh, 2007 to about 2014 I was working with Billy and then Billy passed and uh, I just you know that really took the wind out of my sails. Uh, I named my youngest son after Billy. Billy was like family honestly and I almost quit. I almost I was like if it wasn't for my wife and one of my friends that that uh, that I work with in in wrestling a guy named Sam I'm pretty sure I probably would have quit because I was just broken hearted and I didn't want anything to do with it And that same year is when I finally, 2014 was the year I had to retire for real. Mm -hmm. I pretty much stopped hard grappling against dangerous, like, tough game opponents in 2008. But, you know, I was still dicking around, having fun in the gym with students and stuff. But by 2013, the, the carotid dissection, which I didn't know that I had, but I started having these weird symptoms like mini strokes and stopped, I couldn't use my right arm and my neck atrophied and it just was not good i i didn't know what's going on and then billy died i mean i was done i was like fuck this shit i don't it's awful yeah and uh fortunately again my friends kept pushing me and my wife uh really believed in me and didn't let me quit and uh and and again that wade chalice the guy who's the guinness book of world records for the most wins in all of amateur wrestling like the guy is truly like the best he just magically kind of appeared like, and was like, Hey man, I want to help you out. And let's, and so for about two or three years, he really picked up, uh, the mantle and helped me keep the scientific wrestling going uh, as the head of the coaching, um, portion until I kind of got my emotional <laughs> shit done with, so you got your, your got li- my head on. Right. You got your fire degree lit. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, it just took a couple years and then, um, just get out, get out of the funk and the depression of it all or whatever. But so, um, yeah, back. And then I kind of started back in 2017 and developed a bunch of different new programs and stuff. re went over a lot of the stuff Billy taught me and systematized it, made it a lot easier for people to understand and created this program called coaching catch. If you go to CoachingCatch.com, and it, it's a it's a program where you can learn catch wrestling, but you know, it's hands on. I do have an online training called war, which is actually Billy's, uh, initials, William a Robinson mm-hmm. war <laughs> catch com. You can go there that's like an online training. Uh, but and it's all Billy's, uh, all the footage I filmed at Billy's is, is there, but in you know, like an online course, uh, broke, broken down so people can learn. But, uh, you know, I, I, I had been marketing catch wrestling to the grappling world. And I felt like, you know, as a businessman and an entrepreneur, I'm like really banging my head against the wall. And I'm like, why isn't this bigger? This should be fucking 15, 20 times bigger than it is. But I'm just, there's something not happening. Right. And finally it clicked. It was like, man, all these guys are just, they're invested in jujitsu. So they're kind of chauvinistic about it and they have they're not gonna switch over. I'm never gonna make it in the grappling world because it's driven by the UFC, and the UFC was founded by the Gracies to help promote Gracie Jiu Jitsu. Horian Gracie booked that and he you know didn't book people that could beat up a Gracie. So it was a work through booking in a way. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you can you don't have to have a work through theatrics, you can have a work through the booking where you put a really good guy against a tomato can and then he beats everybody. It's easy. Yeah. So, um, I, I kind of, I, I, thought about it. And I'm like catch wrestling needs a platform and we haven't had a platform really since the early days of Pancrase, uh, which was with, you know, uh, professional wrestlers, Minoru Suzuki and, uh, Fanaki Ken Shamrock, those guys. And, um, I was like, that's why there's no platform. And so I started, I went back to the drawing bar, board and kind of got my creative juices going, smoked a little weed, and came up with uh, Shoot Pro Wrestling. And so it's it's different. And ever since I've stopped trying to market to grapplers and instead tried to market grappling to pro wrestlers, mm-hmm. shit has blown up. It's yeah. just like all the – all what I'm finding is that the pro wrestlers, because of the pressure of UFC – they want to actually know how to wrestle and fight, you know, like, and I understand that. I mean, if you're going to call yourself a professional wrestler, you probably should actually know how to fucking wrestle, not just take a bump.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask For you real. about that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get you, yeah. So, what is it? What beyond that? What is it that you also um, try to impart on those pro wrestlers that are interested in the in the in the shoot? You know, part of it. If I, I could be so so bold, what is it that you that you like to influence to them? What is it that you you know want to try to say that like, that's beneficial or or whatever el- whatever else you like to impart to them?
0: I'm gonna be honest. There's not much of a sales pitch. Okay. I mean, there's not. Like they come because they want to learn actually how to really wrestle. And so what you have to understand is if you look at like like UFC mm-hmm. and think of that as one circle and then you think of WWE as another circle and then they overlap and there's the Ronda Rousey's, the Brock Lesnar's, the Kurt Angle's, you know, the that little ellipse where they The Vesica Pisces, where the two, sorry, I'm a math nerd, where the two uh, Venn diagrams overlap, Mm -hmm. that Vesica Pisces, that overlap, that shit's mine. That's where I, that's my market. That's Mm -hmm. my niche. And so there are enough guys, you know, there's plenty of guys that want to learn the lucha style or the flipping around, uh, you know, ricochet stuff. Mm. That's fine. That, I don't, go find somebody else. Cause I can't tell you anything about that stuff. <laughs> and there's guys that want the old 80s style stomping around in neon outfits and feather boas and pointing at people and hulking up and all that. That's not me either. Yeah. But if you want to come in and you want to learn how to shoot and how to really roll and you don't want to have to, you actually don't, when I teach you, you don't need to sit with your buddy before your match and work everything out on paper and all mm-hmm. your spots. You can just basically say, "This is what the finish is," and you go in and you wrestle because you know how to actually move. You don't have to call your spots. Yeah, guys like that. Plus, if you ever want to get over to Japan and you don't know just the basics, you are gonna have a you are gonna have a bad time unless you are already a big name. <laughs> I I can just understand that. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna beat the shit out of you. <laughs> I'm just telling you, that's how it is.
1: Right. Yeah, they're a little. They're a little stiff and, and strong at uh, strong styles. They per se as the cliche kind of goes for over there.
0: Well, I you know what really clued me in mm-hmm. was in about two thousand one or two thousand two. There was two guy jin from pro wrestling Noah, uh, Mike Modest and Donovan Morgan and Bison Smith, and they started a gym up in Hayward to compete with APW. But it was basically kind of like, you know, they were treating it like an affiliate out of NOAA and a pro wrestling iron. And I started working out there and I loved it because when I went to Ultimo Dragon's gym, which is, even though it's in Mexico, it's a Japanese style gym, they actually did grappling in practice. I was like, holy shit, I didn't even know this fucking existed in pro wrestling. Yeah. So I started more than studying the Japanese way. And, um, and when those guys opened up pro wrestling iron pro wrestling Tetsuo in, uh, in Northern California, I signed up and it was great. And we did shooting in the gym. It was fucking awesome. So for me, you know, it's important that, that guys really know how to wrestle. I mean, and you know, guys like Carl Gotch and Billy Robinson, they had zero respect for performers. Now I have a lot of respect for performers. I mean, some of the stuff that these guys are doing are, is truly amazing, and I love it. I think it's great. I have, but some of those old timers, man, that could really go. They were just like, you know, or Lutez or some of those guys. They just didn't really have a lot of respect for the performers. Yeah. Um. So
1: kind of along that same lines, and I don't know if this is a question that um that you can answer, or or I should maybe direct it at to uh some of the uh, wrestlers that are working both the. Um, shoot and, and doing the training for the shoot wrestling as well as, of course, their, uh, you know, their professional wrestling as well. Is there any kind of difficulty being able to kind of switch back and forth between between the two or is it just more of just, you know, trying to get those reps in?
0: You know, I mean, it's like anything, man, like imagine you're a good dancer, mm-hmm. like a really good dancer, okay? If if you get thrown on some sort of show where you gotta dance, if you're really good, you can kinda do everything pretty good. Okay. You could do the cha cha, you could do the salsa, you could do the rumba, you can figure all that stuff out. And, I mean you may not be the greatest in the world, but you're competent and you can do all of them well, probably better than most people. Okay. I think that's important. You know, I personally think that's important. But that's just more of a like a work ethic ethic thing okay i mean i'm just gonna be real most people don't work anywhere near as hard as i do or as people who hit high levels in business sports entertainment most of it has to do with like like you said putting the reps in and then the rest is just natural it comes easy when it comes to perform but that's because you're spending all that time building the neural pathways in Mm -hmm. the gym and getting conditioned for it you know not just physical condition in terms of cardio but also toughness
1: yeah mental and physical <laughs> Spe- yeah especially like, in this aspect <laughs> the first time
0: somebody takes it takes the ring ropes their ribs are completely bruised but you know two months later doing it every week you don't get those bruises anymore and the same goes for submission grappling yeah
1: and um so Uh, You also are doing the training uh, with these, uh, with the wrestlers. Uh, How often uh, do you guys uh, train uh, per week or per month or, or how often do you guys get together and and do this for the training aspect? You know,
0: right now, right now I only have to work with these guys once a week. Okay. Um, I'm, you know, I've been coaching for like, man, since 2003. So, you know, we're going on 20 years. I got some pretty good tricks in my book now. And granted, I'm not coaching these guys to go against high level grapplers like at the Abu Dhabi combat championships or some high level I'm not that's right. not what I'm coaching these guys for. Yeah. That's different. That you gotta be in the gym four times, five times a week, plus doing other, you know, strength and conditioning stuff and yeah. Nutritionist. I mean, that's a whole other level of the game. These guys are coming in. They're very serious. They're young. They aren't afraid to work hard because I push them hard. And it's hard, man. I mean, we had a guy get a black eye the other night. I've been just even in my camps, had guys with broken noses and stuff. I mean, this is rough. It's rough. Um, But because it's a stable of guys, they all know each other. Once they start getting familiar with each other, it it really looks amazing when they wrestle. Oh, yeah. So it doesn't take, it does It's different when you when you have a stable of guys and you're wrestling the same guys all the time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's not the same as when you go to a competition and you, and you get like a round-robin tournament where you don't know who you're wrestling. They could be from Kazakhstan or something. And, you know, one of these Eastern European countries where they create monsters, you know, like Rocky Four, IV, like Ivan Drago type of thing, you know. Right. <laughs> um, so right now we're only meeting once a week. I would like to expand it to two or three times a week. Um but there's just not the there's just not the capacity there. Yeah. So again, my whole purpose with shoot pro wrestling is to create a platform. So when people go to the shows, they're like, "Oh my god, that was awesome!" Or, "Hey, I could do better than that guy." Then they come and they sign up at the gym.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, okay. do you know what I mean? Yeah, so I get So in a way, the platform is is kind of part of marketing yeah. the show. I mean, really. So and I'm not just selling tickets; I'm selling the sport. You know, right. the the knowledge, the ability to play this sport. Right. And, and like you said, if it catches
1: somebody's eye in whatever particular um, exhibition that you're that you're doing, whether it's uh, integrated into a, uh, a wrestling a professional wrestling show or show or if it's a, you know, show uh, altogether like the one coming up this Friday, uh, you know, you may be able to catch somebody that was in the audience that may come in to do
0: some training. Right. That's exactly it. Because think about all these kids playing football. Why do they play football? They saw it somewhere. Because it's on TV on Sunday, <laughs> and it's what their dads into. Yeah. Because there's a platform.
1: Yeah, you know, and so, and kind of like along that same lines, uh you're talking about how the the wrestlers are training with each other, uh, and I guess that's kind of leading into uh what we got coming up. Uh, this upcoming uh, Friday for uh, Shoot Pro Wrestling the um, uh, at the uh, the wa- the Watering Bowl. Uh, how is it for? Do you know how it is for the wrestlers that are like training together, but now they're actually going to be competing against each other on the on the card? Does that happen often?
0: Well, I mean, you know, if you're a wrestler, like an actual competitive wrestler, uh-huh. like and say you could have a meet. And you got to wrestle the, the other high school or something like that. Yeah. I mean, you're wrestling your own team until you go and wrestle them at the meet. Okay. So it does happen. And that's how you get placed on, you know, like, are you going to be a starter? You know, are you a second string? You know, that kind of business. So it's like, these guys have no problem and nobody wants to, nobody wants to lose. Yeah. But you know, what's great is that they're pro wrestlers. So they're not like stuck on it. They're not like, well, they can still understand like, yeah, so I got beat. I had the job whatever. Right. They understand that you still got to work. And that's what I do like about teaching the pro wrestlers grappling. Mm -hmm. They don't get butt hurt. There's no freaking like mean girls politics type of bullshit. You know, it's like they understand and they understand it's part of the show and, and that, but they do, they want to win, you know? And so what I'm thinking of maybe doing is, you know, this is, this is really our second show and our first standalone show. We piggybacked um, you know, Joe McDougal has mm. been absolutely fantastic and, and a huge supporter with this. And I couldn't have done this without him. Um, he allowed us to piggyback off of his, uh, one of his shows, his, uh, chopping block shows that was more of a hardcore show. You know, they were like wrestling with Legos in the on the mat and stuff like that Yeah. prior to us. And when we did the show and it got over, man, people were like, Whoa. Yeah. And so I, I was like, let's do this. And he really supported it. So, um, I hope – that's my hope. I mean, I'm thinking very big on this. So this show that's coming up on Friday, if you are a fan of either pro wrestling, MMA, or any kind of grappling, all three, you need to come to this show. This is not only going to be an awesome experience. This is going to be history. This is – in my mind, honestly, this is going to be similar to when the UFC started in Denver Mm -hmm. in 1994. Okay. It changed my life, and it was a rinky-dink show, man. It was small. Right, yeah. You it's, know, and, and so I we're having like uh, three or four different cameras, 4K cameras, high-end cameras coming to film it. We're getting it professionally produced, and I'm going to cut it all together and put it up, you know, the matches on YouTube. I'm going to stream some of it on Facebook Live, but it won't look anything like the highly produced stuff that I'm going to create out of it. Uh, and then I'm going to be going after investors and, and sponsors, but I'm really going to be going after investors and trying to take this to bigger, bigger levels. Yeah. So I would really recommend people check out shootprowrestling.com. You can get your tickets there. The, the uh, VIP front row stuff, that's sold out. Those, all those are gone. But we do have, um, you know, honestly, with the watering bowl, there's not a bad seat in the house, Very especially true. up, and, and a lot of front row balcony is gone. But there's still about half of Front Row Balcony if people go. Shoot ProWrestling.com will take you right to buy the tickets. You, you buy them over PayPal or whatever. And then we'll, we have a ton of uh, uh, general admission left, so you can get in. But I would definitely, like, if you're into this kind of thing, tell your friends. It's going to be one hell of a good time. It really is going to be amazing.
1: And this is the, uh, like you said, the the first show, you know, kind of like that you, that's your whole thing. It's the uh, Rebirth event. Uh, I love that name. That's, uh, once again, that kind of, you know, saying that, yeah, it's your second type of thing, but it's uh, kind of still like your first altogether inclusive you know show here uh, I like that uh the listeners tell the listeners um maybe kind of uh you got some some of like the uh, matchups that are off the uh, top of your mind that uh, l- look really good I've, I've seen some of them I'm kind of excited about them. I of course know a lot of these wrestlers uh in the uh, pro wrestling ring but in the shoot ring It'll be interesting to see how they do but uh what's what's kind of a peak in your interest uh you know being on that side of it of the matchups
0: well, it's, it's interesting because, you know, I, so our first show, we did experiment with worked shoots and I don't think honestly, anybody could tell that they weren't, uh, shoots, but this second show I'm done with it. If we're going to make it straight hundred percent competitive. Mm-hmm. And I think honestly, what I'm most, me personally as like a nerd fan for this stuff and I'm like, uh, shit, I'm getting to put this together, you know, like the wizard of Oz, um, <laughs> What I'm excited about is the tag team. I think when people see this tag team, competitive tag team shit, their minds are going to be fucking blown. Yeah. Because let's say, let's say that, you know, you got two teams, right? And let's say you're on a team and your partner's getting like choked and, and he's about to lose, but he's close enough that you can blind tag him. You have five seconds to get in there and you can beat the shit out of the other guy. You got five seconds do you understand? Yeah. To inter- for interference. Okay. And then you have to, then it's the other guy has to get out. So that dynamic in a real fight is crazy. It's super crazy. Uh, that's going to be mind-blowing. And and that's going to be against, uh, so that's locally we have um, Joe Barton, who's a pro wrestler, but he's one hell of a, a grappler a jiu-jitsu guy. He's won like a bunch of championships. Probably nobody knows about this, but he's a he's actually here locally. He's, probably my top guy that i'm working with right now locally he's really good um i'd say he's maybe kind of like if you use jujitsu ranking he's probably purplish midway in a purple belt which is pretty high because then you're brown then you're black yeah um he's very good um and he but he's known probably locally more for his pro wrestling than anything but his partner is john cronk and John Cronk is like a local MMA legend. This guy has been fighting, and he's fi- he's in his 50s. He's like 52 or 54 or something. I mean, this is crazy. I'm jealous that he has that much longevity. I wish I could still wrestle, but <laughs> he's still in there doing it. Yeah. This guy has been fighting forever and is still going. And he's he's a tough dude. I think he's a judo black belt as well. So it's going to be uh, Joe Barton and John Cronk um, versus – uh, two of my, well, one of my guys and one of his students out of Arizona, a guy named Gil All of Us, who, um who is one of my students. He's in my scientific wrestling coaching program. I think he's a jiu-jitsu black belt as well. Um, and then his partner is his student uh, Maverick Callaway, and he's um, he's about a purple belt. So it's going to be a really good, crazy match. I mean, it's going to be that. <clears throat> to me, that's the most exciting. But there's some other really fun matches um, on there. I did try to get a, a woman's match, but I just couldn't put it together in enough time. So mm-hmm. we have a three-show commitment uh, from the Watering Bowl and and, and uh, uh, Primo's Pro Wrestling, who's helping us produce these. So September, I'm aiming to put on uh, some women's matches. Oh. Uh, but we don't have any, unfortunately, this time. We had a couple, and then they just never ended up working out. We couldn't find the right weights and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we do have... Uh, Lipto, I, you know Lipto from I the do. local pro wrestling scene. Mm-hmm. So he's he's actually a pretty experienced grappler as well, and we're putting him against another uh, experienced grappler and pro wrestler, Jake Nix. Um, Jake trains out of um, the Novamente uh, Jiu-Jitsu uh, Academy down south. He's also a student of mine. He's come to a couple of my training camps, and um, and 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 this Lipto guy has been training at the Sambo gym and. So mm-hmm. it's going to be a great one. And Lipto is actually going to wrestle under the mask, okay. which is going to be great, which okay. I love because that brings some of that pro wrestling flair. Yeah. Um, and then locally, we also have um, uh, uh, AJ uh, Gutierrez, uh, who people probably know him as Roland Do- Doobie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he does a comedy gimmick, but he's actually turning into a pretty pretty game wrestler. And same with uh, Billy Coffee. People know him as Billy 2.0. He's, he's, uh, taken up the mantle and both these guys, they're both new to grappling, but they're going to scrap dude. Like they go hard, which is going to be fun. Yeah. And then, uh, I'm flying a guy in from, uh, New York, a guy named, uh, Jamie Nottingham. And he's a very, very tough professional grappler. Like he goes around to all the grappling competitions for money and makes, makes a living that way. He's wrestling a guy uh, from Pueblo who's kind of at the same level. His name's Juan Martinez. And these two guys are just high-level kind of jiu-jitsu grapplers. But they're going to be under the catch wrestling rules. So if they get pinned, if they put their shoulders down too long, they will lose with a pin. Um, who else? Oh, uh, uh, gosh, what's his last name? Uh, he, he used to wrestle around here under Big Rig. Um and now he goes by the Viking. Roger is his first name. Roger M. I, I'm just slipping. His last name is slipping my mind. I haven't met him in person yet. Um, he's going to be wrestling Big Guns. So uh, people locally know Big Guns. That's going to be a, one hell of a fight. Both those guys are tough as nails and big dudes. That's going to be brutal. Brutal. Um, and uh, who else is on there? I, I, I'm probably slipping some, some matches, but. The cool thing is, is, you know, everybody asks me like, oh, man, what are you going to do? Like, you know, because this is real. It could be over in five seconds. And that could, you know, and nobody wants. I mean, everybody likes Mike Tyson. Yeah. But you don't want to buy the Mike Tyson pay-per-view and it's over in five minutes. You spend a hundred bucks. Right. Right. So one of the cool things about the old rules with catch wrestling, the ones that I this rule set actually was co-developed between myself and Carl Gotch. If you don't know Carl Gotch, K-A-R-L, and the Gotch, G-O-T-C-H, you got to look them up. Yeah. Um, but the cool thing about these rules are they're the best of three matches. Okay. So even if one match goes for five seconds, they have to rematch. And that might draw, and then they'll have to wrestle a third time. So it's the best of three, every single match, including the tag team. So you're going to get plenty of wrestling. Yeah, that's that's fantastic.
1: And so let me ask you about this too that I I think I've seen on the uh uh social media. When you uh go buy your tickets, if you're following say the uh wrestlers out there on the social media, they want you to put in a their the promo code for that particular wrestler to um support them. They they get a um I don't know, a sudo commission or something from it. Is is that correct?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of That's like a typical thing. Yeah i'm sorry i just happened to take a bite of food so <laughs> no, my no, bad. no that's okay uh, yeah I, I just wanted to
1: make sure that uh i do got that right so uh if you guys uh you know make sure you uh grab a promo code from your uh favorite wrestler out there that's in this event so that when you do go to that uh checkout page on the uh shoot pro wrestling uh website that you do put that in the uh that promo code field before you uh check out is that correct
0: Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the standard model uh, when you've got a smaller promotion, right? And it's not just with wrestling. This also happens in uh, professional grappling organizations like uh, Subversive is a big jujitsu, Invitational, or even in the smaller, like MMA or boxing smokers. You know, so whoever your favorite wrestler is, let's say it's Joe Barton or AJ or Ville or, you know, Lipto or Jake Nix, one of these guys, they all have, like, find their social media. Or message them or talk to them. Yeah. And you put in their name at checkout, and they get twenty percent of the ticket sales. So that way everybody's interests are aligned because you know I'm having to pay this stuff out of my pocket. This is money I can put the food on the table for my kids. You know. So yeah. I'm really trying to take a risk here and it's something I believe in and and I'm happy to take the risk. And so is every one of these guys on this card, man. You're so right. we you know we are like a family and everybody's trying to blow this stuff up. Everybody sees the vision, and I'm just real blessed to have such an amazing group of people. Uh, It's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. I mean I'm already in talks with people, and we haven't even done this first standalone show. I'm in talks with people like uh, in other states to license this and almost set up like kind of how the old NWA used to be and set up like an affiliate system. So. I have a feeling that we're on the very beginning of something very big.
1: No, oh, well, that's, fingers crossed. Uh, that sounds uh, exciting, terrifying, and everything in between.
0: Well, you know, it's funny because <laughs> if you go to Scientific Wrestling, yeah, you'll see I have like you know some like uh, apparel, like T-shirts and rash guards and fight shorts and spats that you can get and that kind of stuff. And uh-huh. one of the ones that's been a bestseller is I took the old NWO uh, logo and I changed it to CWO for catch wrestling order uh-huh. and, um, or catch world order, I think is what it is. Yeah. And, um, mm-hmm. but the reason I did that is because really my whole vision here was shoot pro wrestling and the CWO idea. You'll get to show you in invariably see people wearing CWO merch, uh, or the wrestlers for sure. We have have it on.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but what was the NWO? It was an invasion angle. hmm. And I'm telling you, this is an invasion angle, but it is a shoot invasion angle. The grapplers are coming into pro wrestling, and you guys better get ready.
1: <laughs> I love it. That's fantastic. Uh, Jake, I think that might be a fantastic uh, exclamation point to put on this conversation uh, in that case. Uh, <laughs> but uh, before I do let you go, of course, I want do want to thank you for coming on. Uh, tell the uh, listeners uh, where they can... Uh, Find all this information, uh, find uh, Shoot Pro Wrestling, scientific uh, wrestling, say, out there on the uh, social media so they can uh, follow and keep up with everything uh, starting from uh, now, this Friday, and in the future.
0: Yeah, okay, Artie, I I certainly will. Um, Please, 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 this is our first show. I do want to pack this place. I know that we got Mm -hmm. a bunch of general admission left. Please go buy tickets. They're not expensive. It's 15 bucks, man. Yeah. That's going to give you plenty of money to buy a beer at the bar, man. Like, come on. Yeah. Get down there. You get your tickets for the show this Friday. It's going to be historic. Don't miss out, man. I was at UFC, too. Were you? Be there. It changed my life. This might change your life. I'm not being uh, exaggerated. I'm telling you, this is going to be the shit. ShootProWrestling.com. I'll take it. You, you can get your tickets right there. Okay. ShootProWrestling.com. If you're more interested in learning, you know just about it and what is what the hell is this crazy guy talking about? <laughs> you can go to scientificwrestling.com. That has you know books, DVDs, articles. Like t- I mean, just it's literally ridiculous how much stuff is on that site. You just got to spend some time poking around. Um, if you're interested in learning, uh, you can just email me if you're local here. Uh, training at scientificwrestling.com just email me. We can get you into the gym. Uh, I do run these, uh, seminars all over the world. I've gone to Italy. I've gone to the UK. I I go to Europe, uh, every year until all this lockdown bullshit, Mm -hmm. but, uh, uh, all around the United States from Florida to, uh, California and everything in between, uh, Canada, all of it. So, um, that, if you're interested in, in actually doing like a three day training camp, which can be intense, but, You'll learn a hell of a lot and you'll actually be a good grappler by the time you get out of it. That's uh, You can go to coachingcatch.com. And if you want to just check it out and try to learn the online stuff, uh, you can sign up. We don't have it open right now. We opened it up for about three days and then closed the doors again. But we should be opening it up probably sometime before Christmas for another three days. Sign up on the wait list over at war dot com. Awesome. Cool.
1: All right. Well, uh, Jake, once again, uh, thank you for uh, coming on and I'll be uh, definitely uh, seeing you uh, this Friday and I hope all the listeners uh, uh, follow me and uh, visit as well.
0: Yeah, I'll be I'll be stoked to actually meet you face to face. Thanks, Artie.
1: Once again, a big, huge thank you to Jake Shannon for coming on to this episode of the Wrestling with Altitude podcast and introducing himself to all of our listeners. Like I said, uh, his uh, information kept on coming over my social media feeds and I was very interested in learning all about Shoot Pro Wrestling and Scientific Wrestling. And So now I know and so do you. Of course, catch the uh, Shoot Pro Wrestling Rebirth show this upcoming Friday at the Watering Bowl in Denver, Colorado. You can get tickets, like we said, just right there at the Shoot Pro shootprowrestling.com Well, let's uh, do a uh, quick weekend review like I do here each and every week and what I've got to talk about. So first of all was the uh, full capacity return of Lucha Libre and laughs two for flinching. Fantastic night. It was hot, literally and figuratively, uh, since, uh, the poor, poor, poor old, uh, Oriental Theater just always seems to have issues with the, uh, air conditioning, but kudos to them for being in those water-cooled, uh, uh, fans, I don't know what they're really called. They're they're some kind of a uh, cooler uh, that uh, they use. Uh, we use them in uh, my volleyball league that I participate in as well. So it was kind of cool to see those there. But uh, fun, fun night. Of course, every time Lucha Libre and Laughs has a event, we always get a lot of uh, great surprises. And to me, it was good to see Hoodlum back in the ring at Lucha Libre and laughs. And of course. The big one of the night, the return of Royce Isaacs. You, of course, uh, probably have seen him recently on AEW, and, of course, we'll be seeing him in New Japan Pro Wrestling as well when he teams up with Jarrell Nelson, part of the West Coast Wrecking Crew. So, cheap plug out there. Uh, buy the shirt, uh, as well as, of course, all the wrestlers' shirts has as well. And then um, you know, there was more wrestling happening, I know, with Renegade Pro Wrestling. Unfortunately, I did not make it down because the uh, All-Star uh, Week uh, is happening in Denver, Colorado. So I went to the Play Ballpark. Fantastic thing. I would very much recommend, if the All-Star Game is ever in your area, to go to this uh, thing. Uh, participate in the activities, uh, get those autographs, uh, see those players of now and yesteryear. I got to meet Leo Mazzoni, Luis Luis Tiant, and uh, Pedro Estacio, which is a former uh, Colorado Rockies pitcher. Uh, I only went the the one day, wanted to go more, but unfortunately sometimes uh, the uh, work, real work, the shoot job gets in the way. But enough about the uh, boring stuff. What do we have uh, coming up this upcoming weekend uh, uh, for the uh, Wrestling with Altitude area with the uh, wrestling? We've got a lot of things. It is a fully packed, literally and figuratively weekend here in the area. So, of course, we're starting off Friday night. With the uh, Shoot Pro Wrestling Rebirth. And you guys want to get tickets to that. I suggest you strongly do. First of all, find that information. Find who's wrestling in that card. And then pick your favorite wrestler. Find out what their promo code is for that. And when you uh, check out, use that There, so uh, uh, shootprowrestling.com for those uh, tickets, and I hope to see each and every one of you there. So that's going to be fun. And if you're looking for something just maybe a little bit different, but still want to get your uh, wrestling fix, this is the perfect thing to do. Then on Saturday we've got uh, Colorado Springs Wrestling of their next event, the uh, Colorado Cash In. Uh, it's gonna be fun We're gonna be uh, hyping up with that uh, from that last uh, event that they had so this a lot of great matches a lot of things to see uh, where they are going from the last show to this one so hope to see uh, you all there participating and attending that and additionally on Saturday we've got uh, the next charged recordings for Rocky Mountain Pro at the Fast Performance Center in Denver, Colorado that's uh going to be uh great to see there. Uh we got uh you can get uh tickets and additionally with that you can buy early entry tickets at 4:30 matches uh start at uh 5 p.m. for the uh pre-show there on uh, Twitch, it's uh, completely free. Um, then um, at 6 p.m. Uh, on the Rocky Mountain Pro Twitch feed, it goes to subscriber only, but of course, you can attend in person, and I hope that you do that as well. So, you've got two great shows, two great companies to choose from, and if you want to get out there this weekend, watch some great professional wrestling on Saturday, you will not be disappointed with either two of these events. Want to get tickets to uh, Rocky Mountain Pro? Uh, head over to RMPWrestling.com and you'll click on the events link, and you'll be able to purchase tickets right there. In addition, I forgot to tell you that if you want to get tickets to our Colorado Springs Wrestling uh, show, simply go onto their Facebook page, send them a message, and get they'll get you hooked up with purchasing tickets. Then on Sunday, we're going to wrap up the Wrestling Weekend. IWC Legacy is back. Stacked card. Doors open at 3 p.m. in Westminster, Colorado. Uh, very, very close to Mr. Fourth Row's home. So it'll be easy to get over there. We've uh, got uh, the wrestler formerly known as Kalisto happening there uh, that's, uh, Samurai Del Sol, I believe tickets, $30, uh, children are 15. We've got a stacked card. We've got, um, just to name some of the, uh, show, uh, batches we've got on here. We've got Matt cross versus, uh, pan, uh, fight panther, uh, Christy Janes versus Tyra versus Stephanie uh, uh the providers in action, as well as Delta Junior and Red Viper. It's gonna be a fun, fun show. Lots of action to see there, and those IWC legacies are just absolutely. Crazy. So, hope to see you guys there. That's on uh, Sunday the 18th. Uh, like I said, doors at three. And I believe uh, the show will probably start about five o'clock, if I'm not mistaken. So, there you go. You got a lot of choices to uh, see wrestling in the area this upcoming weekend. So, uh, I want to see you get out there and I want to see you uh, check in on the social medias. And I'm going to give you a like out there. All right. Well, speaking of that, uh, if you'd like this show, you want to hear other shows such as this, uh, you can find them on the uh, Trending Topics Network. Just look uh, for them on your favorite podcast catching application that you uh, like to use. You'll catch other great shows such as All Beer Inside, the Eurovision Showcase, the Spanish Announce Table, and Wrestling Cheers. Want to get in contact with this show? WrestlingWithAltitude.com is the website, podcast at WrestlingWithAltitude.com is the email address, and we are on Facebook, of course, and the WrestleAltitude handle on. Twitter. Let's also additionally give a uh, shout out to uh, some of our uh, other uh, podcast friends, not necessarily wrestling related. Uh, Want to give a shout out to "Here's My Story." So check them out in uh, your, like I said, your favorite podcast uh, uh, feed catching application. Also check out the Indie Pod Report, a great collection of independent podcast on there and like they say you'll catch your f- uh, next favorite new podcast right on that site all right well um you want to support this show head over to com slash Mr. Fourth Row by a Wrestling Wealth the Two t-shirt as well as a couple other uh, choices of shirts out there as well with some of my other ventures would be greatly appreciated if you can do that. I do have uh, shirts also on hand as well so if you're at the same same show as i am uh just uh catch me and i'll uh, definitely be willing to sell you a shirt all right well uh, thank you uh once again as always for listening to this edition and having fun wrestling with